stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo to talk about big dividend stocks, like really big. What, what's going on with that? Should you be buying any of those? And specifically, a bunch of them are in the energy area, in the oil stocks, the big oils. And so I wanted to take a look at what's going on with those oil stocks and whether or not you know there's a buying opportunity here, especially, again, for those of you who like to own dividends. Now, I like to own the dividend-paying stocks. There's something kind of cool about getting you know, every quarter this check, not directly to me, obviously, but into my account. I don't care how small it is. I don't care if it's like $8 or something, um, but there's just something cool about getting paid to be an owner. And for some of you trying to look for ways to find income, the dividend paying stocks can be a way to go. And so now here we have, again, these group of stocks that are paying these really big dividends, which sometimes can mean, you know, a warning sign. What does it mean in this case? I thought we would dive in. So the oil and energy in general have been among the weakest groups out there, weakest industry during this September correction that we're having. Those who got in at the coronavirus lows are basically getting out now, because if you recall with with the oil market, it crashed down on the coronavirus lockdowns in March. Um, Super unstable. All the stocks went to, you know, new multi year lows and then everybody got in and the stock soared. In some cases, you quadrupled your money and. Um, you know, that lasted basically through June of 2020. At, and that was a, a big play on the hope trade, right? Like, oh, no, we're still going to need oil. It's not as bad as everyone said. And then crude oil prices rebounded significantly and now are trading around $40 a barrel again for WTI. So the market stabilized. The shares, you know, had the big rally, big bid up. A lot of people made a lot of money. And now... They're getting out of it, getting out of these trades, and the shares are seeing pretty significant corrections. But we're starting to see some interest from Wall Street analysts in some of these companies because they have sold off uh, pretty significantly over the course of September here in 2020. So one of the big upgrades that we just got was from Bank of America. They upgraded Chevron to a buy basically on the risk reward because these shares have come down like all of them have over the last month, they they're down 16% and they um, over the last six months. Now their total return is up just 4% for Chevron. They had been up as much as 50% on that hope trade in June. So you can see the big decline there off of those June highs into where they are now. Now I did take a look to see, how low they got. So Chevron in March 2018, or on, on March 20, on March 18th, <laughs> sorry, March 18th, 2020, they traded as low as around 54, 57 is what I found. Might've gone a little bit below that, but let's just say around $54. They're currently at 71. 
So still a ways to go before it retests that March 18th low. Could it retest it? Well, we're going to discuss all that um, as I continue to look at some of these other big oils here too. Now, these shares did get a, a bounce on that upgrade from Bank of America, but they're in the red again as the entire sector just can't really catch a break. It might get like a day momentary break, but then the selling continues because a lot of investors got in on those coronavirus lows, saw the big gains. Now those big gains are evaporating a bit here over the last month. They don't want to lose. If you quadrupled your money, you don't want to lose all that gain. So you're just getting out. You, you don't care. And you're not in it for the dividend. But Chevron now is a dividend yielding 7.2% right now. And by all accounts from the analysts and the company themselves for now, that dividend seems okay, but no dividend is ever 100% safe. Just ask the GE shareholders <laughs> um, what happens there. And as we know from the big banks and what happened in 2008, 2009, so you can never for sure say that a dividend is um, 100%. But taking a look at what earnings are supposed to do for Chevron here. So they made $6.27 in 2019. That was before COVID. Things were going pretty well. Now, remember, Chevron is big oil, so they're not only a driller. They are also a refiner, and they have the service stations and distribution. So they're in all areas of energy. Um, and that gives them some cushion, too, because refining can cushion uh, the drilling side and also the gasoline side. So they made 627 in 2019. This year, expected to make just $0.10, cents, but they are expected to make something, but just $0.10. Cents. Not surprising, given what's happened to the demand side of the equation in energy. And then a rebound back up to 232 in 2021. So $0.10 cents this year, 232 in 2021. So what would be your investing strategy here? Why has the Bank of America analyst said that this is a buy? Well, with those shares down pretty dramatically off of their June highs, that's where um, they're saying the risk reward is more in your favor because you know, the worst is already being priced in. So let's go over a couple scenarios that could happen with Chevron. Could this retest the March lows? Yes, obviously <laughs> it could. It's at 71, like I said, those March lows around 54. It could retest them and take them out for all we know. Um, so you have that risk that you're not actually getting in real low here. Um, another strategy you might have is that if you're a long-term investor, you could dollar cost average into the shares here. And if it continues to go lower, you continue to buy some more. That kind of goes against some people's uh, philosophy to never dollar cost average a declining stock, only do it on one that's um, on, the, on the rise. But um, as a long-term investor, you're also getting that dividend, right? That's at 7%. So I heard someone on CNBC talking about this upgrade about, about Chevron, and they said that management could just wind down the business over the next 30 years. And that was like the, the wording he used, winding down. And so if this is peak oil, you're not really 
trying to grow the, the energy business anymore on the oil side. You are just trying to manage it and manage it as best you can for your shareholders and your employees while you wind it down as other forms of, uh, you know, energy like renewables come into play bigger than what oil is doing. So if you're a long-term investor, you're basically simply buying for that dividend yield. You're not really buying for any growth in the company. If this strategy is true, that management will simply just wind it down over the next 30 plus years. And that's assuming if you're only buying it for the dividend, that the dividend stays. Now, currently Chevron's dividend is not at risk. It has a good balance sheet here, but nobody knows again, um, no, no dividend is guaranteed. So no one knows in the next five to 10 years what may happen with Chevron or any of these oil companies in terms of their cash flows and ability to pay this kind of dividend. So you're not really even getting it in, in it as long-term investor for five to 10 years um, because no one has any real clarity on the outlook for maybe the first time in the last 100 years, right, with some of these so this is the dilemma with any of these. Uh, let's take a look at ExxonMobil next because that one, um, ticker XOM, is paying nearly a 10% dividend yield. Now this is when sometimes these big dividend yields can uh, tell you that the company is having other issues because it, it isn't normal to, <laughs> to pay out 10% with everything going swimmingly, right? And that's when a lot of times you can see a dividend cut because basically the street is saying, we don't believe that this is sustainable and we're getting out here. Um, okay, so these shares uh, had their March lows, I think on March 23rd or thereabout. It was like the 18th and the 23rd were the two big days for all the energy stocks. And it looks like it was around $30. Right now, Exxon is trading at $34. So it's only four bucks off. So you're asking the same question as Chevron, will this retest those lows? Well, this one's looking a little more certain, like, yeah, it's gonna. <laughs> so then you have a question of, um, you know, should you get in here? Will they cut this dividend? There have been fears over the recent quarters that this dividend yield is going to be cut. Again, that's why everybody's getting out of the shares because they're anticipating that the cut is going to come. So Exxon's, the dividend is actually $3.48 this year. They're expected to lose 34 cents and then they're expected to make $1.13 next year. They made $2.25 in 2019. But you can see that some of these numbers aren't going to add up if they're paying 348. So that's where you're getting things looking a little bit more dicey. And also that there's going to be a few years before you even get an earnings recovery on any of these. Same with Chevron, um, and but certainly with ExxonMobil as well. So I'm going to take a look at a third stock here, BP, ticker BP. Um, because they've already announced a multi-year plan to try to reposition themselves with the renewables and the other forms of energy. They're not waiting around. They're going straight to the obvious of, yeah, in 30 years, maybe they too will be winding down their, um, you know, actual oil and gas type of operations. 
but that's still a ways off. So this year expected to lose a dollar sixty-two. They made two ninety-five in twenty nineteen, and they're going to see the rebound like Exxon and Chevron back up to a dollar fifty-one in twenty twenty-one. So that's important here too that all the analysts for now see the rebound back into pretty decent, um, at least compared to this year, earnings growth for 2021, but still on the lower side. So it's going to take a few years for any kind of recovery on the earnings side for any of these companies. And you're going to need bigger demand, which is, again, just going to take time to get back to the full throttle. You're definitely going to need a vaccine. And then even after that, it's going to take some time to recover. So BP dividend is um, paying 6.8% yield, close to Chevron's. They've always paid a bit on the higher side. So you've been able to get a five to six, um, maybe even a little higher dividend with BP. This year it's $1.24. So you can see they're losing $1.62, but they're gonna pay out $1.24. So far, no cuts to that. And they did not cut it during the 2016 oil plunge. So they've been pretty well managed as far as paying out that dividend. And all three of these companies know the dividend is why investors are buying in because this growth just isn't there. So you are buying mostly for the dividend. And so once that gets cut, any incentive to be in the stock you know, pretty much vanishes unless it gets dirt cheap, where then we're talking a different story. So BP's 20, uh, uh, 2020 lows were on March 18th. 1557 or thereabouts were the lows. It's now at 1760. So just about two bucks away from those lows again. Shares are down 22.6% over the last three months. June was the peak, just like with Chevron. And the shares did double off their lows there. Um, But that trade is mostly priced in. The recovery off of the panic of March where WTI crashed into the negative um it is done and now you're getting the reality of that it's going to take a couple of years for the earnings to come back and for this industry to recover at all not to mention the slow growth of the next you know decade or two that's already being priced into and then the fears of the dividend actually being cut so you have uh, an interesting situation where at least one or maybe all three of these could retest their March lows or maybe go lower, no one knows. And so that's the question of investors right here of when um, does it get so cheap and so absurd like it did in March that it makes sense to get in there. Well, again, those who did get in then are getting out with some of their gains here. So you have to wait for all of that trade to be out. And once again, this is, among the most hated sector on Wall Street, um, as if it wasn't for the last couple of years, but it definitely is now. And um, that's why we're seeing the trade just down, down, down. You literally have people just, you know, fleeing out of it. The fear is priced in here. And that means we could see a retest of some of these lows. So if you don't want to go and deal with all of that, because it sounds kind of grim, right? Why not just buy one of the slow growth other dividend payers that maybe doesn't have, um, you know, an end, an end of its business scenario in a couple of decades? So I took a look at a couple of those stocks to see kind of how they compared 
and maybe if you got just a slightly smaller dividend, but you maybe have some possibility of upside in the shares, um, that some of those could be the way to go. So I took a look at Pfizer, um, ticker PFE. It doesn't have the greatest uh, business model right now. It doesn't have a place where it's finding much growth. So the shares are still down 8% year to date. They are off the coronavirus lows. I took a look at the five-year return. Five years, they're up only 9%. Think about what's happened over the last five years. The S&P 500 is up 71% over those last five years. So that's pretty significant underperformance. Now, if you bought this just for the dividend, which I know a lot of people do own Pfizer just for the dividend, the yield is pretty solid here at 4.2%. And there's no indication of any um, threat to that yield here. But, you know, combining that with just 9% return over the five years. So that's not an average return each year. That's just over the five years. Um, you're not really seeing much except that dividend yield um, and not even that. So you're not seeing much growth. You're just basically buying it for the dividend, but you're significantly underperforming if you did that. So um, that's Pfizer. I took a look at Bank of America because, you know, everybody disses on the financials and how have those been. So Bank of America is paying about a 3% dividend right now. But remember, for a number of years, they were banned on paying dividends and or um, controlled by the Federal Reserve over what they could pay out. Some of those restrictions have been lifted now. So you're getting nicer dividend yields on the banks. And Bank of America, um, five-year return is 54.1%. So it's still trailing the S&P 500, which was 71%. But not too shabby. That's uh, you know more doable. And then you're getting the 3% dividend yield on top of that. Now, before the COVID crisis, Bank of America shares had been up 125%. So it's really since the crisis that the shares on the financials have gotten hit pretty hard here. So it wasn't a bad uh, looking investment over the last five years. And now with this dividend that's being paid out um, before COVID. So that is a possibility if you're looking for the bigger dividend players. But um, analysts are worried about what may be coming down the pike for some of the banks with some of these loans on the commercial side, on some of the apartment side, on some residential mortgage side, um, as some of the um, you know uh, plans to keep people in their homes and businesses and whatnot expire and are lifted no one really knows what kind of hit some of these banks are going to take so that's some of the weakness on the banking side i took a look at jp morgan which is jpm they pay a 3.7 percent dividend right here so that's almost close to the pfizer level here and their chart's about the same as Bank of America, almost identical, in fact, and they're up 53.7% over the last five years versus the 54% um, for Bank of America, but almost identical. So Chevron, during those same five years, those shares are actually down 17%. So you're really underperforming the S&P 500 if you had been a long-term investor in energy, but a lot of that uh, decline is mainly from 2020 with Chevron. 
it wasn't tracking too poorly over the four years prior to that. After the oil crash of 2016, a lot of the shares got cheap. There was a buying opportunity in there and investors didn't do too badly after 2016 up until 2020 and COVID. And then now is where um, the real, you know, tough part has been because the shares are down, you know, big over 50% um, after the COVID. So again, if you're looking to retest the March 2020 lows, we're not quite there yet, but you might want to keep a watch on some of those stocks here. But a lot of the risk is going to be priced into these unless you think the global demand is going to sink further, which could happen. Uh, we could see a COVID second or third waves globally that hurts oil demand. Oil prices could decline further here. Uh, anything can happen. Um, but for now, big oil isn't really going anywhere. These three big oil companies may not be here in their same form in 30 or 40 years from now. But over the next, you know, one to three years, we're still flying in airplanes. We're still mostly driving gasoline uh, engine cars and boats and things. And so we're still going to need their products, uh, not to mention refined products going into the chemical side, which Exxon at least has a big chemical side. Uh, that's all going to still happen. I wonder if some of the like the chemical divisions might just be spun off um, eventually from some of these companies into their own standalone entities. That could happen. But if you have a th one to three year time horizon, um, you know, it's good to keep some of these maybe on your watch list and see if once all the trading types have gotten out and if you think that dividend is still going to be there, you can get in at a lower lower rate and still get around this 7% yield or possibly a little bit higher because that's that's a pretty uh, nice little return if you're looking for the income. Can't go wrong with 5, 6, 7% with um, what the 10-year treasury is at here. So, so yeah, if I started this podcast looking at some of these stocks, I don't own any of the big oils here. Um, I don't own any of these in my own personal portfolios or in the value investor here at Zacks. But um, if I was looking for some income and I have that one to three year time horizon and a lot of these are, you know, trending lower, then I may be interested here again to take a look. So let's recap those tickers again if you want to put them on your watch list. Um, it is going to take some guts, though, to get into some of these, especially energy, which is on the slide again. We've all been burned in the energy trade at some point, I'm sure, over the last five years. It hasn't been easy, uh, but at least with some of these dividend paying, you get something for your, your uh, time and for being patient. Um, the rest of the traders types are, are, as I said, getting out. And so that could leave an opening here, an opportunity um, to get them much cheaper. So we had Chevron, CVX is the ticker there. ExxonMobil is XOM as in Mary. BP is just B as in boy, P as in Paul. Then we had Pfizer, PFE, um, which hasn't really gone anywhere in five years, but you are getting 4% yield there. Then Bank of America, BAC, and then JP Morgan is JPM.
But as always, you want to be sure to subscribe here so you get all of our episodes as we have some interesting shows coming up. We're having earnings season once again, and we're all still waiting to see if we're going to get another uh, disaster aid package or stimulus package, whatever you want to call it here from the Congress. But that's still on hold. So um, you want to subscribe to get all of the great content we have coming up here in the fourth quarter of the year. And so you can get us on Apple Podcasts, you can get us on Spotify, you can get us on SoundCloud, where you'll also get the Value Investor Podcast. But be sure to get us somewhere, anywhere you can get get podcasts. We're out there. And I'll be back again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.